This is the Puppy Training Podcast, episode number 85, Puppy Parenting, How to Be Successful. This podcast is designed to help you on your journey of becoming best friends through love and learning as you train your own dog from home. And I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Puppy Training Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Jensen. Hi, everybody. Thank you for checking in with me today. I hope you're having a great day and enjoying your dog training experience. One thing that I love about our community is we are one another's support. I hope you feel that. Whether you are taking what seems like 30,000 potty trips a day or trying to figure out why your adolescent dog suddenly forgot how to sit, we are all in this together. I know training the dog can have some struggles. It's true. But let's keep in mind that there are plenty of good times. For example, when Baxter plops his rear end in my lap and wants a belly rub, we're watching him run free, his hair flowing, his tongue out, chasing after his favorite toy. What about when my kids get home from school and he turns into this wiggly wiggle butt, is what we call him, with a tongue hanging out in excitement? You can't help but smile your way through life with a dog. They are super fun to have around and super exciting, but also can be a lot of work, I know, and in the early days of puppy training, it can be exhausting. So hopefully you are enjoying the resources that we've provided you with, and hopefully you're feeling like part of a community. Today, I want to talk about something that over the course of the past few years, I've coined as parenting styles for dogs. After coaching thousands of puppy parents, things start to become very clear and I'm finding ways to really connect ideas with people. This is one of those ideas. I have found the more I relate puppy training to parenting, those who are parents seem to get it. Now, don't get me wrong. I am in no way humanizing our puppies. I know that they are dogs and that they act and think like dogs, but there are definitely some common things we do as parents that benefit our puppies in training. All dogs for that matter, any age, doesn't matter. So as we get started, I want to take you back to one of my favorite Disney movies, Finding Nemo. In this movie, there are two parent figures I want you to consider. Let's take a look first at Nemo's dad. What is he like? What are his characteristics? How does he respond to Nemo's curiosity? When Nemo seeks an adventure, Nemo's dad often responds with what I refer to as overprotectiveness. Now, what does this do for Nemo? Does it draw him back to his dad or further away? In the movie, remember when Nemo sees the boat and it's out in the distance and it's over that edge where he's not supposed to go? <laughs> the more he realizes his dad doesn't want him to go out there and go touch it, the more determined Nemo is to go do that. In fact, he does, and he gets caught by scuba divers, which ends him up in a fish tank, and now we have the plot of the movie. So when raising our dogs, can you ever relate to Nemo's dad? I know I have. I have felt the same way in regards to certain puppies I've trained. I also know I've heard this from many of my clients. It goes something like this. My puppy picked up a leaf. I don't want them to have a leaf. My puppy has a stick in their mouth. What should I do? My puppy is peeing on the cement, but I really want them to pee on the grass. I don't want my puppy to jump on people. I don't want my puppy to bark. They're barking at everything. I want them to stop. I don't want my puppy to dig. I don't want my puppy to steal things. I don't want, and so on and so on, right? So don't feel guilty if this sounds familiar. We've all been there and it's very 
natural and in our human nature to think these things. So don't go crazy on me, but hear me out. I just want to work on our thoughts today. I want to challenge thoughts that we might be having and how to change those thoughts. I want to propose to you that by doing so, your frustration in training your puppy will go way down, okay? So go with me for just a minute, but of course I want your puppy to be safe. Of course I want what is best for them. Of course I want you to be successful with training your dog, but think for just a minute and pause. How fun am I to be around? So in Nemo's case, how fun was his dad to be with? Did Nemo's dad's actions and responses help Nemo want to be with him more or less? Now, in terms of our puppies, how fun am I to be around, right? Do my actions and responses help my puppy want to be with me more or less? So think recall for a moment. How likely is my dog to come running back to me when they are out in a free space? Is it rewarding to come back to me? Is it a positive experience to come back to me? Is it fun to come back to me? If so, you'll have a dog with a really strong recall. Let's break this down. I really feel like we are all doing the best we know how. So today I hope to bring awareness and a possibility for all of us to just do a little bit better with our dogs. Let's say your puppy picks up a stick. What is your first thought? Go. Okay, was it, oh no, that's dangerous, or I'd better get it back, or possibly panic? It is natural to see our puppy have something and overreact, as in the case of Nemo's dad. That overreaction can spark increased interest in whatever our puppy currently has or is doing and actually add to the danger rather than take that danger away. So much like Nemo's dad overreacting about the boat leading to Nemo to, in fact, go about the dangerous act and get caught. Now, I'm a realist. I understand it was Nemo's choice all along, and his dad is not responsible for Nemo's actions. However, Nemo's dad's response did help fuel Nemo's thought, which led to Nemo's action. I know that's kind of deep. So I propose keeping ourselves calm when our dog gets a stick in their mouth, which will lead to a greater likelihood of our puppy not caring about sticks. Um, if you've listened to previous podcasts, you probably know my response to this, right? My puppy sees a stick and I have, you know, the two options. One is to overreact and, oh no, go get the stick back. And it becomes a really fun game of chase to my dog, which never goes well, by the way. Or I can notice my dog has a stick and I might just want to see, hmm, what will my dog do with a stick? Is it dangerous that they have a stick in their mouth? And I can keep myself calm. And then if, yeah, I need to get that stick out of their mouth, I just create a diversion elsewhere. Let's go through a little party over here. And my puppy suddenly is like, wow, what's going on over there? That looks fun. And they come over to where I am to check that out. And now they've forgotten about the stick. So there's just some uh, simple tips and tricks we can show you or help you do to get things back in a more calm, non-overreacting way. So if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you might remember the episode on the yes and no loops. Nemo's dad seemed stuck on a no loop. As such, Nemo became frustrated, right? By all the restrictions and lack of adventure, whatever you want to call it in terms of his dad. He was told, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, don't do this. No, don't do that. Um, the analogy I like to give the, for this would be if I'm going to teach somebody to shoot a basketball, it would be much more helpful for me to actually teach them how to shoot the basketball. Okay, so go with me for just a minute. If I'm trying to shoot or teach them to shoot a basketball and I start with, well, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this, really all I'm doing is telling them what not to do and then hoping by some miracle that they figure out what I want them to do, 
right? Can you see that in teaching somebody to do something, it's much more effective to actually teach them how to do it instead of teaching them what not to do. Now, I think it's really easy as puppy parents to say, no, 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 stop, don't, leave it, drop it, whatever you want to say, off is another big one. But recognize we're not teaching our puppy what to do. I'm going about teaching them how to shoot a basketball in a roundabout way that's really kind of frustrating. Um, When I could just be much less frustrating by constructively teaching them, actually, this is what sit looks like. When you run to me, I want you to sit and I show them what to do. Okay, so back on the topic of the yes and no loops, how often um, is my dog hearing yes on a daily basis? How often are they hearing yes and then getting a reward? On the reverse, how often is my puppy hearing, no, stop, leave it, drop it, all of those things, or uh uh-uh, right? Now, those aren't bad things to say. Absolutely, they have their place, and absolutely, our puppies need to know that they have boundaries. So don't get me wrong in this. I'm just challenging your thoughts today. If your evaluation leads you to think that you might be saying a higher number of no's, that's okay. Let's just take a step back and help you change that. What happens if we start saying way more yeses? Do you guys know what I'm about to say next? I think you do know. Or if you've been listening, at least to my podcast, you probably know. But I guarantee that your dog's frustration levels will go down. They will decrease and their motivation to work with you increases. And it increases by a lot, okay? You're now that great, interesting person that your dog wants to be around instead of the person they're trying to avoid, I hope you're still with me. I hope you're taking this all in the right context. I think Nemo's dad was a very loving father with super good intentions. In all fairness, there needs to be balance. So yes, being protective can be a good thing, just not when it's overly done. Now I want to consider a different parenting style for just a minute. Can you think of a parent in the movie Finding Nemo who was fun to be around? Someone a little more laid back. He took life in strides or strokes, I should say. When Nemo's dad first met Crush, what was his reaction? Do you remember the surprise on his face when the little turtle Squirt was in a bit of a jam? And Crush said, let us see what Squirt does flying solo, right? And Squirt's reaction? So wait, we'll back up just a second. Remember, Nemo's dad is watching this happen and he wants to jump right in. Like, Crush, why aren't you jumping right in to save this little turtle? And then Crush responds, you know, hey, let's just see. Just give him a minute. Let's just see what happens. And Squirt's reaction was, hey, did you see me, dad? Did you see that? I did it. And he was all excited to share that success that he had with his dad. So notice the the slight difference, right? The subtle differences in these parenting styles. Like Crush was there all along to help if needed. He was there to step in if needed, right? But if needed, kind of are the key words there. He let Squirt give it a go on his own. And then he was there to offer support. So Squirt then responded with excitement to share his success with his dad. And Crush didn't pressure Squirt or add chaos to his troubles. He didn't overly react or panic him, okay? He just calmly supervised in a loving, caring way and celebrated Squirt's success with him. It is very common that a puppy, again, may pick up a stick. So instead of rushing over to take it away and telling our puppy, no, drop it, or overreacting, try walking the opposite direction. Then get out a wiggle squeaky toy or something, right? A wiggly squeaky toy, however you want to say that. Or another favorite tug toy or run around a bit. Create some movement. Be exciting. Throw a little party. And it's not about your puppy, okay? It's not about bribing my puppy to come over to me. I don't want you to do that. I literally want you to walk away and I want you to go throw a little party yourself. And then 
your puppy is going to most likely be like, well, what's going on over there? Like I mentioned and want to come check it out. So we're not making it about the puppy. We're definitely not making this about the stick. We are not trying to bribe them over, but really we're just having a good time and they'll want to come check out what is so fun over where you are. Crisis averted. The dog drops the stick to come check out what is happening and all is well. Now, when they do come over, be sure to play with them. Don't just drop the tug toy and immediately go for the stick, as tempting as that might be. I know some of you were thinking that. Don't do it. I want you to play with them. Have a fun time with them for a few minutes together. Now, key takeaways here are zero attention was given to the stick, and our puppy views us as super fun to be around. So now we become a motivator to our puppy, and we can help encourage our puppy to do good things. My challenge for you today is this. Take an account of your parenting style. Take note of how often you teach your puppy what to do rather than telling them no to something. Try to respond like crush. Let us see what my puppy will do. You're there to offer support or step in if needed, but do not overreact. Overreacting to behaviors can inadvertently reward our puppies very behavior that we want to stop. So think, what do I want my puppy to do? And then teach them how. You guys are amazing. Your puppies are so blessed to have such wonderful caring owners. My team and I absolutely love what we do. We love talking puppies. We love helping you with your dogs and are happy to help you succeed in training your dogs and whatever that looks like. So feel free to reach out to us through the online puppy school to get help if needed. Have a great week and happy training. If you have a question about anything you heard on this podcast or any other puppy training question, visit my site, baxterandbella.com to contact me.